Um, name's Decker Perkins. Um, I've got Parkinson's. I thought recently that guy was really done with me, started using me in, his, in the Great Commission. And uh, when I was invited to go to this, I didn't know why. I was a little terrified. But, uh, gosh, you guys are really terrifying. Just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, a, you know, Sorry. if you just trust God, and you're going to get a blessing. And I, I was blessed so many times this, this past week. Went down there with Chris Best and had a great time. It was awesome. And uh, so... So basically, you heard a little bit about it from Mitch, but what I got was the last couple of days, and it was awesome. Brett Bartlett from is it Toledo, Ohio? Yes, kind of outside of Toledo. He's in uh, Lambertville, Michigan. Okay, so um, he really brought it, and I he reached me the last day and a couple of things. I just wanted you to know, you're so special to God. He wants to use every one of you guys. I mean, it's awesome. It's. I got a verse here. It's Psalms 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and trusted in Him. Um, it's good, and you need to you need to get involved. Um, the The main thing I got from this was, do you guys know what one thing you guys can do that stops heaven? Do you know what one thing you as a Christian can do that stops heaven in its tracks? Leading someone to Christ. When one soul comes to repentance, when one sinner, angels, re angels rejoice and heaven stops for just a minute. Isn't that awesome? You could do that. He wants to use every one of you. What's the one thing that you cannot do when you die as a Christian? You can't lead another person to Jesus. So take the opportunity while you're here now to reach that person that you that you think, oh, God wouldn't let me use him. He, I couldn't I can win this person to Jesus for, for God. Go for it. Go for it. Let him use you in a mighty way. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty cool. It was pretty special when when Brett was speaking and and talking about um about you know he was doing they were doing a, a course on on uh, accountability and evangelism and 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 it was it was really neat to to think about the fact that you can cause an angel to be walking down the proverbial streets of heaven and literally stop in their tracks and take a moment to rejoice over a, over a sinner that repents and um, but when you take your last breath and since you all are here today and you haven't taken your last breath the Lord does want to use you but once you've taken your last breath everything else in your spiritual life you'll do in heaven you'll continue to sing you'll continue to praise you'll continue to uh, um, you know fellowship you'll continue to 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 connect with the Lord the one thing you will not be able to do after you take your last breath is to lead someone to the Lord and um, and so you know it it, it is very it was very sobering for sure for sure um so uh, thank you decker i really appreciate your willingness uh to get up and to s to sleep with me um <laughs> in the same room it did not come out the way i meant it to come out it was, it was separate separate beds yeah we didn't yeah uh, yeah uh, anyway, so the evening <laughs> sessions. This is um, this was Sam's kind of series 
uh, praying effectively for the lost, faith over fear, prevailing prayer, and fruit bearing. And I wanted to, and I'm, I'm making no bones about it, I am stealing a significant portion of his message on fruit bearing out of John 15 to share with you. It was the thing that um, that convicted me the most when I had a, a few minutes of Sam's time as we were out, outside of a restaurant waiting to for the rest of the people to, to get up and come out with us. It was a nice day, so we were just talking for a few minutes. Uh, the Lord really dealt with me about a passage that I've read, you know, one bazillion times. Um, and I don't know, you know, why this time was that different or, or, or special, but, but, it, but it was. And so uh, John 15, if you want to uh, pick it up in, uh, in, in verse 1, we're actually going to read, uh, we'll read down through verse 8. Uh, John chapter 15. All right. Um, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is... Uh, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall, uh, <clears throat> ye shall ask what ye, ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye may bear much fruit. Uh, so shall ye be in uh, my disciples. And and so you know. I guess I'll, I'll just start with the, the beginning and end. You know, much like has already been testified that we can cause heaven to pause and there's limitations after we die regarding evangelism. There are a few ways we can glorify the Lord. And one of them is specifically called out in verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified. If you want to be sure to glorify, I mean, we can sing and we can praise. We can live a good life. We can endure craziness on our block. But if you want to glorify the Lord, a way that's very clear, bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. That's going to glorify. You will, you will be a disciple. You will follow him because he is a producer. He is a fruit bearer himself. So the players, oh, I have, I have, uh, sorry, got all excited about everything else. And I think I printed enough. But I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you all are welcome to say, hey, Dobson, where are the handouts? Because most of the time I'm going to have them. I am. I'm still a little. Uh, definitely slacking. Definitely slacking. So, so in, the, in this text. We see some different players. The first player is the gardener. That's your first blank. The gardener, which is God the Father. He's the one who makes decisions about his people, his garden. 
I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Husbandman would also go in your blank. A husbandman is simply a gardener. He is the one that gets to make the decisions. And the vine, Jesus is the vine. We see that very clearly. I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Now the vine is where the life of the branch comes from, right? Every branch comes off of the vine, and every branch only can uh, uh, can get life through through the vine. We'll, we'll look a little more about that in just a moment. There's some different branches in play. Those that abide in him, those are God's people, right? These are the saved believers who are connected to the vine. But then there's those that do not abide in him, and those picture the lost, okay? The lost in verse 6. Verse 6 says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So this is not a vine or a, a branch that's part of the vine. It's not abiding in him because of the way Jesus describe, describes it. So our first discipleship lesson or our first discipleship principle is you must be in Christ to live. Your, the conclusion of the matter is if you're not in Christ, you're going to be gathered and cast into the fire. There's no life outside of the vine. There is no life outside of thine. Abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. Now this is one of the things, and I, I, I try to always be super transparent with you all when I'm teaching. Abiding in Christ, I have often kind of made this ethereal concept that's a little hard to get my hand around, right? It's a little hard to put handles on, but it is very simple. It is connecting with his life through the word of God, through prayer, it's a con- con- uh, conversation back and forth through ministry. That is how you abide in him. He also says, you can abide in me by keeping my commandments, the things he's charged us to do, right? The entirety of scripture, the whole counsel, if you will. So that includes things like purity. It includes things like relationships. It includes things like evangelism. It includes things like discipleship. It includes things like service. It includes things like Sam even talked about in giving and sacrificial giving, right? Abiding is the the overarching, I would say, the overarching description of a relationship, a connection between the branch and the vine. Nutrients flow back and forth between the vine and the branch, right? The vine is eventually connected to the earth and it's pulling up, uh, you know, moisture. It's pulling nutrients out of the dirt and, and supplying those to the branches. The branches have leaves. They're doing that photosynthesis thing. They're producing sugars and different things that are flowing back into the, into the vine. And, and every illustration breaks down. It's not that the vine relies on Mitch Dobson. Jesus doesn't rely on Mitch Dobson to, to live. But boy, together we flourish, Right. And that's the same same with you. So you must be in Christ to truly live. If you are not in Christ this morning, I, I hate to say it, but you're kind of a dead man or woman walking. You're going through the motions. You're you're taking steps. You're you're able to eat the wonderful Sharon. I mean, good stuff back there, right? You brought you brought the stuff this morning. I mean, you're able to consume that, taste it, and feel good about yourself. But at the end of the day, you're dead. That's right. You're dead. So the branches have, they have the, you have kind of some different options. The unfruitful living branches 
they're still in Christ. They're still connected to Christ, but they no longer get sufficient nutrients from the vine. So I, I, I did. I used the the power of Google here uh, to try to this. This I would say is kind of like the unfruitful branch. Maybe you can see it. It's it's split here from. From, from the vine, if you will, again, uh, limited by, by what my Googling skills were. But you've maybe seen this where we, we've got this tree that I tried to cut down. It was leaning and it's a small tree. It's only like this big. And I've tried, Michelle's like, did you do that? Or somebody like, it's out by the road. It's out by the, and, and I cut it down or I cut it. And, but I couldn't get it out. It was, it's, it's, it's a long story, but it's, it's fairly small. But I like did major damage to this tree with the chainsaw. Man, it's still alive. It's still growing. I mean, I don't know that it's growing, but it's still growing. Like it's still alive. You can you've probably seen branches like this or trees that have broken, but there's still just enough life in it. Right? They can continue growing, they can but it's not going to be the fruit bearing. Maybe you've seen that even on a fruit tree where it breaks and it might still be alive, but it's not producing, right? So it no longer gets these sufficient nutrients. It doesn't really contribute back to the body, right? Back to the vine. I mean, it might a little, but not the way it should. And these unfruitful branches, even though they're still in Christ, they don't reproduce the way they ought. They don't produce fruit. And often... Because of the nature of the damage, the nature of the ineffective relationship, they have to be removed or removed or taken away. And Sam was very clear in his message in, in Georgia, sometimes this means the death of the believer. Sometimes the believer is made completely ineffective because of the fact that they are not producing. There's nothing to gain from their life. And the Lord's like, okay, I'll take you home. I'll take you home. And that, that seems like a, 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 hard, a hard thing. I mean, I'm going to jump down here for just a second. First Corinthians verse uh, 30 of, of chapter 11. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. So it's in the context of the Lord's Supper and the confusion around that. And Paul is literally saying, because of your, your actions, because of the way you're misusing and not being connected with the Lord in, in communion, the Lord's Supper, this is the reason some of you are dying. Like that's a pretty, if you think about it, that's a pretty kind of, seems kind of like a harsh statement at the end of the day. But, but it, it's like, it, it's just true. Like sometimes God has to take his folks out. Now that's not to imply that everybody that's di- that has died was no would have no longer been effective. It's not necessary. You can't you can't reverse flow that logic, okay? But there are definitely times where God is like, I'm I'm done with you trying to be a disciple. I'm done with you trying to follow me the way you're doing it. Just come on home. Sam used a great illustration. Uh, you know, if he takes his kids when the kids were younger, he takes his kids to the pool. Right, and the kids are running around. They're not supposed to run, right? You can't have fun at the swimming pool. You can't run, uh, so you can't run around the pool, and you're not supposed to dunk people under. I mean, all the good, all the fun things are prohibited at the pool, right? right. But, but at some point, the people are like, "This, this kid's a bad kid at the pool. He, as the father, has the right to take that kid and go home." I mean, the people are still playing at the pool. They're still 
having fun the right kind of ways. They're doing the things that, but the father chose to remove the child from the environment. And that's what God does with some of us. He removes us from the environment for our own benefit, for others' benefit. It is what it is. And that's, we shouldn't look at that as a negative. I mean, I, I know we kind of feel that way because we lo- we we hate to lose loved ones and friends, but at the end of the day, our life is is sustained in him. So some are just simply removed or taken away. And now this is different than the branches which abide not that we talked about in verse 6, okay? These are branches that are in the vine that are cut and just taken away because they're not fruit-producing branches, okay? Are you with me? Mm -hmm. All right. So the second type of branches are fruitful branches. They... (laughs) produce fruit. Whoa. Okay. So they produce fruit, but they are purged. Another word we use is pruned. Okay. Now the reality is when we think of pruning, the unfruitful branches that we just got done talking, talked about, talking about are also pruned by definition. You clip those and you remove them. Okay. But fruitful branches are also pruned, but they're pruned by a purging process. Now it's interesting because the word purged in your Bible means to clean, to cleanse, to clean a filthy impurity, right? So if there is a part of a branch that is, and maybe you've seen this, it's leaning up against a fence post or it's somehow touching another tree or, uh, you know, I've got, we've got some fruit trees that aren't still aren't real big. And so we've got stakes that are holding them and they're rubbing up against there and they'll get a little, um, a mark on them, right? And they can't, it's a place for disease or bugs to get in and, and do damage, right? So those need to be purged because they're actually doing damage to the vine or in this case, the tree, right? Now, the other is to prune vegetation of useless shoots, okay? I literally went out in the in the little bit of a windy day yesterday. It was reasonable. It was colder than, than the seasonal average. But there's, you, you got to cut these shoots that, that shoot up. And it's real interesting. Every one of those shoots that I cut off, it, they grow really far before they even have even just a few leaves on them. Mm-hmm. They're almost, and, and I was talking to Sam about them, and he called it, he said the term that they used growing up were sucker, yeah. sucker shoots. They are. Sucker, right? Which is right, because what are they doing? They're sucking the nutrients out of the, the vegetation that needs to be that needs to stay in the, the sugars and that like that need to stay in the tree or the vine for the purpose of producing fruit. So there's uh, so there's those. You also have so so sometimes they just get really it's vig- vigorous, like they really grow and look how far they grow before they ever start producing fruit nodules or fruit buds, right? These need to be trimmed back so that the energy stays in fruit production. You didn't, you didn't know you were coming for a botany class today, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but notice this, notice this. And, and it's, not, it's less about how, but, but notice what happens in this alternate bud arrangement. So if the buds alternate, alternate like that, if you cut it, what happens? It will start growing new branches out of each of those buds. Okay, toward the end. And if you were just, and this is a drawing, but I cut off three buds, but I gained one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. 
I purged off a little so that I could be way more fruitful. Okay? And you see that same principle over here. You cut it off, and then the buds that are toward the end, they become their own branches, right? This is the beautiful picture of disciples and discipleship in our lives. There are things we need to purge or prune out of our lives. Now, it'd be really easy for me to stand up here and talk about filthiness and talk about sin and those types of things. And yes, obviously, if you have those in your life, you need to work to get those out, whether it's through counseling or accountability, etc. But sometimes these things feel good, but they're just not fruit producing things, right? Sometimes the relationships that we have, they're fine. They're just not fruit producing relationships. And some of those relationships need to be pruned so that they can flourish, okay? And there, there's a million different ways that this looks. And we don't have time today, honestly, probably don't even have time in a series to cover all of those different things. I'd be happy to sit down with you or you and your spouse one-on-one -on -one to talk about those things. But I'm sure the Lord has probably either has or will convict you about what those things are. Maybe it's something like, um, you know, social media. That's probably the thing that Michelle would be like, amen. The thing I need to like kind of prune. Because while I get a lot of good jokes from social media, some of my best, my best work comes from social media. And I get a lot of really cool updates. I've seen, I saw this, just this awesome video about bears. And they were they were so cute. I showed it to Michelle. They were really were cute, weren't they? They were bear, like bears. One was sitting like sitting leaning back, and somebody was spraying water, and it was like scratching itself like a person. It was so cute, and it did nothing for the kingdom, like nothing. So sometimes we need to prune things in our lives that aren't necessarily bad. I mean, I wasn't there. There wasn't no cussing in the bear video. I mean. I think one guy went, ah, because he was scared by a bear at one point, but the bears were cute. They were cuddly. It's God's creation. And none of it advanced the kingdom, either in my life or in the lives of people around me, right? So there are things that we need to prune in our lives. And what's interesting is by reducing these sprouts that take the resources that are generally unfruitful, it literally allows more fruit bearing to happen. I am quite certain, and I know trees can't feel pain, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for me to cut out of those trees yesterday what I needed to cut out. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel good, but at the end of it, it was a it's going to be a positive experience for the purpose of these trees. Like every, we have this, what is the one that's right down, is it a hydrangea? No, is that... Man, I cut that thing like nobody's business. Every year, I'm like, I'm cutting this back. And it's like, bring it, boy. I'm going to get bigger. You know? And it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem to bother it. It seems to actually cause it to flourish. Every time I feel like I'm getting too aggressive, pruning this bush back, it causes it to grow even more. It's pretty amazing. So it's, it's, it's about depth and breadth, not distance. We, you know, we've got uh, one tree that's shooting up these, I can't even reach them. They're just shooting straight up. The distance is great, but those aren't fruit producing shoots at all. 
They're suckers. I didn't. I I always called them water shoots. But yeah, but 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 Sam calls them sucker shoots, which I think sounds funner. Okay. <laughs> so the disconnected branches. You say, well, how in the world is a branch disconnected from the vine? Well, this is how they are. If you imagine this tree being the vine, all of this garbage called weeds are disconnected branches. They're really intimate. Sometimes you got to cut them a lot or do damage to the branch or the vine to get them off, right? They might even look like, well, is that is that part of the tree? No, I don't I don't think so. Right. No, it's fine. But I mean, but my point is they grow into it so much that just at first blush it might be a little hard, especially with greenery on it, right? With leaves. So these are the, they're not attached to the to the vine. They don't actually live in Christ. Right? They're their own plant. They are also known as tares or parasites. They rely on the vine to get what they want. These are people who might even attend here, whether at church or in heaven forbid even in this in this class, where they're only here for what they can get. Right? They they like hanging with God and God's people, but they're really not connected. They're really not part of the vine. The beautiful thing is he can graft that vine in, so that's pretty cool. They are literally of another plant or another family. In Matthew 13, verse 38, the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. They're not part of the vine. Now these, we have to be real careful because if, if we're not careful, when we go to destroy them, we can actually do harm to the body, right? If we have to ask someone to leave this place, whether it's on a Sunday morning because they're causing a turmoil or because they just keep coming, but they're not really interested in growing in a relationship with the Lord. They're not interested in getting saved. They're just interested in sucking from, from, the, from the vine. At some point, we might have to say, you need to leave. And that's hard. And that might hurt other believers. But it has to be done for the vine to flourish. It has to be done for fruit to bear, to, uh, to, see, to see fruit bear. So I made a chart because you guys know I love, I love charts. So you have a couple of things to fill in, the underlined words and the arrows. The unfruitful are taken away. The unfruitful are taken away. Let me implore you, don't be unfruitful. <laughs> be fruitful. Because what happens with the fruitful? They're pruned. Sometimes that hurts. Sometimes the pastor has to look at you and say, you know what? You'd be a lot more effective if you just, duh. Or if you stopped doing, duh. You know, if you just would just buy in on this, you'd be more fruitful. You know, if you would stop thinking of yourself first, or if you put the mission first, ouch, those words kind of hurt, pastor. Well, yeah, but that's the process of pruning. That's the process of cutting a little bit out of you that's not the core of fruit bearing and making you more fruit bearing, right? Or the disconnected, hey, the reality is those are going to be cast into the fire and burned. And, and that seems harsh, and I don't want that for anyone. I'm not suggesting I want that for anyone. I actually want them to be saved. I didn't write scripture. Jesus makes it abundantly clear. They're going to be cast in the fire and burned. So let's do whatever we can to get people from this into this 
and from this into this. So how, how are we fruitful? And we touched base on, on this already. Discipleship principle number two as we wrap up here. Being fruitful glorifies the Lord. Verse eight, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Literally, if you're not bearing much fruit, you're not the epitome of a disciple. And we heard stuff like that all week. Like, if you're not, if you're, you know, I think Brett said something to the effect of, if you've never led anyone to the Lord, I don't know that you can call yourself a disciple. Because Jesus, who you're following, he's a producer. He's a fruit bearer. And those were, those were things within a bigger con, con, uh, context. And I'm not trying to poke you in the eye. But part of being a disciple is bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. And bearing fruit here looks like evangelism. It looks like discipleship. Right? But the best is so... The, uh, there was a lot of good shirts down there, right? There's some really good shirts. One of them a lady made, and I think she's got a little, like a, a business. And it said, evangelize, disciple, repeat. <laughs> I was like, I want a shirt like that, but not in a yellow like yours, because it looked kind of like a girl shirt, which it was convenient <laughs> because she's a woman. But evangelize, <laughs> disciple, repeat evangelize, disciple, repeat. And there are some people that think, hey, pastor, just give me, give me somebody to disciple. Hey, there's a world of disciple of people waiting to be discipled. They're just not even saved yet. Go find one, evangelize them, take them from the right column, push them into the middle column, and you'll be fruitful. You'll be fruitful. And, and the, the, the theme shirt this year, you know, it had a picture of a of a branch on it, and I kind of reproduced it a little bit. I took liberty that I couldn't find theirs, and I didn't want to try to draw it. But this this and look, this is a this is a horrible example of a branch. Okay, probably would prune this because it's out of balance. But if Paul is this branch connected to the vine, he led Timothy to the Lord. He led other people to the Lord, but he led Timothy to the Lord, who led faithful men to the Lord and discipled them who teach others also. Like, that's how a tree gets so many tentacles, so many twigs, so many different branches going, is that someone is faithful to evangelize and disciple, who is also faithful to evangelize and disciple, who are able to and faithful to evangelize and disciple. Like, that's how a tree grows. I mean, nobody likes, I mean, look, we, we think it's cute. We think uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas tree is cute, but nobody really likes that kind of tree. No. Nobody really, I mean, it's cute within that context, but nobody really wants a Christmas tree that has one twig on it. Nobody really wants a fruit tree that only produces one, you know, apple, right? We want a tree that looks like this a hundred times over, Right. And, and, and as I close, one of the things that they, the, the neat thing that they did there at the church uh, in, in uh, Oakland Heights was they had a big, big, uh, I don't know, like butcher paper or something, you know, big paper on the wall. It was longer than that, than that uh, timeline, or maybe it was about that size. 
and they had everybody who had ever been discipled in their church who discipled in what year so the years went this way and they had all this over so you see a pastor james de coker this he discipled this guy he discipled this guy he discipled this guy and who are they discipling well down here they discipled that person this they discipled that couple this person and they had it all mapped out their entire church it was very cool and they were very honest. There's a bunch of gray boxes, people that didn't go to church there anymore. And there were almost as many gray boxes as there were others. Some branches are just going to be taken away. But you don't stop investing. You don't stop for, uh, discipling. You don't start, stop evangelizing. It's okay. You just do the thing you're supposed to do, which we've been, which we've been called to do in Scripture. So... So as I conclude here, I just want to really encourage you when spring rolls around again next year, seriously consider if at all possible, take in a few days off work. I know everybody can't do that. I know it's Georgia. I mean, it's pretty. I just mean it's a long ways away. Like it's going to take probably from Sunday to at least Wednesday, probably Sunday to Thursday. Consider, you know, they try to do it tied to spring break, but spring break down there is always a little different than it is up here. So it can be a little clunky, but really pray about it. I think the Lord would use it in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we do uh, thank you.